0: Welcome to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Creative Theater, Akita Express, and Encore Theatrical Company. Visit us online at 30andNerdyPodcast.com. Drop us an email at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Become a patron of the show at patreon.com forward slash 30 nerdy podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. And now, sit back, relax, and get ready to nerd out with your hosts, Josh Davis and Tyler McDaniel. The end of the, the pen the and the pen, the pen and the pen.
1: What's up nerds and nerdettes? This is the podcast where everyone knows your name. Cheers to you. Cheers to you. I'm Josh and I'm Tyler and this is 30 and Nerdy and we are coming at you from the Fortress of Nerditude with yours truly the registered nerd practitioner, the founder of Nerdledge, the nerd Polian Bronapart of Morristown, oh, The Mac and I am joined by my co-host here, the juicy one, the nerd-torious JLD, the Ph.D. of nerdology, Sergeant Sound Effect himself, Dr. Davis. Woo! That's right. I'm here. <laughs> for those of you listening, again, thank you for all of the subscriptions and shares and likes and uh, joining in on the conversation on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, we hope that you are enjoying it as much as we are. If you are listening for the first time, uh, you can catch us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you cast your pod. And
2: of course, wherever you're listening to right now. If you're yeah, listening absolutely.
1: Also, we hope you'll check us out at podchaser.com and rate our show as well as individual episodes. That lets us know what you like and what you don't like, so Season 2 doesn't have that stuff well, it's in it. What's <laughs> not to like, though? Would you look at us? Um, Would well, you just... can't look at us.
2: Well they can look at our pictures. They
1: can. Stare at our Facebook picture. <laughs> look at us. <laughs> Stare at them
2: for three hours every day. Only then can you reach the seventh <laughs> level of nerd.
1: Oh my gosh. So
2: So how's your day been, man? Great, man. It's it's the time of year where everybody's really busy, mm-hmm. lots of stuff going on, shopping, cooking, working, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Emma and Becky are upstairs watching The Grinch right now, the original animated one. So, uh good. Yeah, it's it's that time of year, and uh, you know, I'm I'm not enjoying the cold weather, right? Unless it gets
1: me a snow day, which uh, we almost had one. Yeah, you've had one, and it looked like you were almost going to have another one last night. Yeah, I don't get my hopes up very much, so. Um, yeah, <laughs> in this area, you can't.
2: Yeah. So the last time we talked. Uh, at least on the show, yes. uh, it
1: was right before Thanksgiving, yes. so ha- happy
2: late Thanksgiving yes, to our happy listeners. happy late Thanksgiving. Hope you had a wonderful uh, day of of Thanksgiving. And food. And shopping.
3: Mm,
1: Black and Friday all, all that shopping. Stuff. You know, I did
2: not go Black Friday shopping. I don't do it ever. I've never done it. I've done it a few times uh, when Becky and I first started dating. She got me into going and I was like, oh, look at all these movies and, and video games I can get for really cheap. But I got to the point where I couldn't handle the people, uh, mm-hmm. f- makes my anxiety flare up, all the all the people and all the, you know, uh, hubbub. I just can't do it. So. Yeah. Anyway, um, but it was, was before Thanksgiving since we talked, and you went on a big trip since then. I did. I'm
1: not, I'm not uh, went to New York City with family. Uh, normally on Thanksgiving, we are in Knoxville just eating away, watching football, but uh, this year we want to do something different, something mm-hmm. fun, um, with everybody kind of cutting their own niche in life we didn't know how many thanksgivings moving forward we'd all be able to just take the time to go yeah uh so we caught the macy's thanksgiving day parade Mm -hmm. um which has been a dream of ours for years because that our tradition is to always wake up early make coffee and cinnamon rolls and watch the parade right um we were lucky however though it was only 50 degrees that day it was very windy um, so some of the smaller floats were having trouble. Um, Fifty degrees
2: in the end of November in New York City is really not that bad. No. So no, we were lucky. Yeah. Uh,
1: because the next day, it was twenty nine degrees. Oh no. Um, but yeah, the TV does not do justice to these floats, man. I mean, these things are huge. They're massive. Um, I'm gonna I'll put up uh, some of my favorite pictures from it on our Facebook page. Uh, like Super Saiyan God, Goku is one of the floats, and it's just, it, it's it's a spectacle. It's something that I definitely recommend. If you get a chance one year, check it out. Um, go. And I also got to see Moulin Rouge, which oh, is one yeah. of the, um, it's the only time that I've left a Broadway musical, which I've seen about 10 or 11 now, um, and say perfect. It yeah. was just, it was beautiful. was uh, good. It was amazing. Uh, definitely check that out too if you like musicals. So you uh, were when we last spoke on your way to Nashville. I was
2: headed to Nashville with uh, some of the kids at school. Uh, I'm a sponsor for our Beta Club, and if you don't know what Beta is, Beta is basically means you're the best of the best. You academically, uh, your uh, behavior, and one of the big components of it is. Service and leadership and things like that And every year we have a big uh, competition in Nashville All these kids from all over the state uh, come there. about 6,000 kids I think in total And we have competitions in academics and talent and art and all kinds of stuff Uh, We did very well The uh, competition that I helped with was Songfest Where you take the lyrics to a modern, well any song you want really But you change it to make it about beta Uh, We came in 4th place in the state with that so we're very proud of that that's it's awesome very good and then we had first place in the state and living literature which is where you build a little set uh, from a book and you you know have a scene that laid out here and your kids mm-hmm. po- go and poses and stuff and they have to be still for a few minutes while people walk by and look like you're looking at a like a museum or something yeah uh, we came in first place in that we did Hansel and Gretel I was not mm-hmm. involved with it so I can't take any credit for that but it was really really great. And then our other uh, big winner was uh, speech. Our girl that uh, prepared a speech for the competition. She went out there and got first place in the entire state. That's awesome. So we're super super proud. My my school really showed up and um, cleaned that place out. Good with awards. So good.
1: I miss doing that. It's a lot of that it's a, a lot teacher. of work. It is a lot of work, but seeing the smiles on the kids' faces oh, where it pays off.
2: All the all the work is all is the, worth uh, it when they get there and they see yeah. all the excitement and all the thousands of other kids and there's bright lights and loud music and the the Opry Mills Hotel is like a huge, huge, huge thing. Yes, you can get lost in there. People can spend days in it's there like without outdoor, going outdoor, indoor. Yeah, yeah. You could. I mean, like. When the weekend was over and I walked outside for the first time, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> and I've been inside <laughs> yeah. in this one big, massive building for an entire weekend. But anyway. Absolutely. Were the voices of Layback? They did not come back this year. Ah. Yeah. They I always cha- look forward to It's that. been a couple of years since I had been involved with Beta. I took a little hiatus, but um, we used to have some entertainment on the last yeah.
1: day. It was uh, the voices of Lee Acapella Group. Talent. Talent. But they did not uh, come this year. So That's a shame. Uh, so, also... Uh, We got some special gifts from from friends of ours, because they are thankful for us. Um, Who's not thankful for us, you you know? Right, I know. Um, I'm thankful for us. First up is uh, from our friends Zach and Brenda at Advertising Expressions, which uh, you've heard us talk about them uh, quite a bit. They uh, take care of some of our swag, our hats and shirts and stuff like that, and they can do the same for you. Um, Right now, they have a Tervis deal going on on their website And if you let them know that you heard about it from Thirty and Nerdy Podcast, they'll give you an even bigger discount. And he wrote a little poem. He he created this card for us. It's a thank you card um, for supporting. And he he wrote a little poem on the back. And it says, "May your stuffing be tasty. May your turkey plump. May your potatoes and gravy have nary a lump. May your yams be delicious and your pies take the prize." May your Thanksgiving dinner stay off of your thighs. and that's kind of cute. I like that. You are a poet, Zach. Um, Thank you to them. They are very supportive of the show. They help us out often and uh, in more ways than we could ever describe. Um, We do have a store coming out very soon, within days away. So we are very excited about that. And Zach has been working tirelessly on that. Our other friends over at Johnny Has the Keys podcast, Tim and David, uh, sent us a little uh, Patreon gift. Uh, they sent us a shirt. Uh, they also sent us these uh, nice little letters, which are like, you know, Constitution paper. Let me, let me get a hold of this. Right. Let's, Listen to this. It's, it's yes. like heavy card stuff. Yes. It's the stuff that uh, Michael Scott would just freak out over. Got their whole, uh, whole logo printed yes. on the paper already. man. And it's really nice, and... Um, their season one layout that they just got finished with, and they just started season two over at Johnny Has the Keys, and they gave us a rundown of what's coming up, as well as a special reward certificate, allowing us what looks like to submit as many questions as we have. Yeah, they may regret oh, that before no. it's all <laughs> said and done. Because I have a lot of questions, Tim and David, um... One for David is, why don't you call anymore? I mean, where have you, where been? you been, David? I mean, we don't talk anymore. But I digress. You so thank me. you guys. I do. I do have you. Thank you all so much. Um, we are very thankful for you all and very appreciative. Um, even if you, and especially our guests that are on this episode, uh, we have been so appreciative of them. They have been very active with us on Twitter, retweeting and favoriting. And, Great guys. um we are part of the Next Wave uh, podcast group as well as the Pod Nation, um, with along with our friends that we uh, talk to, uh, Ocho Duro Parlay Hour.
2: Yeah, they're going to be joining us for our break it down segment on this episode where we all get together and we talk about some of the the BMFs
1: of the yes, Star Wars universe, the biggest meanest fighters. Well, of course, what do you think I meant? Oh, I thought you may might have meant baddest. Melee fighters. You know what?
2: Either one works for me. Yeah. They're, they're all BMFs. Absolutely. And you're going to hear a lot about these BMFs in detail toward the end of the show when we have our guests on. Yes. It's a
1: great, great chat. Don't miss it. Absolutely. And before we get to the rest of our show, why don't we take a break and here where Breaks are good. Give me a break. Give me a break. All right, we're going to take a break and listen to a word from our sponsor.
4: Just in time for the holidays, it's Lionel Bart's award-winning Dickens musical masterpiece, Oliver. The streets of Victorian England come to life with some of the most memorable characters and songs ever to hit the stage. Oliver is a co-production of On Theatrical Company and Walter State Community College Department of Music and Theatre. Oliver is proudly presented by K-Tom Restaurant Supply Incorporated MUS Fibernet Sykes Lakeway Dermatology Associates Tars Chevrolet and Hyundai Aarons Hampton Inn and Suites Ashley Lodge Photography Freddy Cat Productions The Citizen Tribune and WJDT and WBGQ All runs November 29th through December 8th at the Walter State Inman Humanities Complex Theatre and is presented through special arrangement with Music Theatre International. Tickets are on sale now at etcplays.org or by calling 423-318-8331.
5: Hey all you nerds out there in Nerdland. this is David. And this is Tim. And we're from Johnny Has the Keys podcast, a podcast where horror and sci-fi
0: shape our lives. You're listening to Josh and Tyler of the 30 and nerdy podcast where they discuss, debate, and break it down with nerd culture and the nerds that reside there. If you like listening to these guys, consider coming over to the dark side with
1: us on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Cheers to you, nerds,
5: and don't forget your keys.
1: All right. It is time to talk nerdy to you. now. I have to admit, this is not the nerdiest of words, but other podcasters will get it. Um, it is called podcrastination. <laughs> yeah? Um, and this terrible act that every podcaster has been guilty of, even the professional all the way down to us lowly indie ones, uh, whether it be putting off notes or watching what you were supposed to watch for that day, or reading the news, or what have you. All of us podcast show hosts have podcastinated before. Um, I'm going to give you an example. Tyler, that'd be me, absolutely podcastinated on Talk Nerdy to Me the other week, thus having to improv the definition of king of nerds.
2: Yeah, uh... I can't really say much, because I'm, I'm pretty guilty of it too, but you, my friend, may be the king of podcrastination. I am the
1: king of podcrastination. <clears throat> um, I actually, I believe it was the second episode of Mandalorian. I did not watch the first time until right before I was coming over to your house to do Our Mandalorian right. Monday. Sounds about right. And... <laughs> Luckily, you were like, oh, I have to watch it again. And I was like, oh, cool, I'll watch it again and take notes, too. <laughs> <laughs> this is my second time as well. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, oh, God, I'm about to go to Josh's. i got to watch this. Uh, nice. I'm the king of it, I'm telling you. So use that word this week, podcrastination. Be like, you know, a couple weeks ago they had Ter- Tenacious Tara O on, and I could tell in Tyler's patterns during Talk Nerdy to Me that he podcrastinated. Uh, everybody's talking about that of course of course they are i I know they're talking about it it's all over the dirt sheets uh tyler podcastinated again so use that word um so we're going to now get to josh's favorite segment of the show called what What you watching so jd what you watching well i'll tell you what i'm watching you really want to know what i'm watching
2: yes i'll tell you I've been watching Star Wars, baby. Mm. I've been watching all the Star Wars. The Wars. Uh, Past uh, week or two, I was watching the prequel, uh, the prequels in Star Wars, um, and I talked a little bit about that last time. This week, watched the OG trilogy, all the way from Star Wars to Return of the Jedi. I gotta tell you, man, it was a lot of fun.
1: So the OGs, the... The original Star Wars was every time you watch it again, is it just as fulfilling as the last time?
2: I think so. I think so.
1: And it being this time of year, it takes me back to
2: um, Christmas when I was like eight or nine years old, and they had just released the trilogy, the remastered versions. On VHS. I've still got it right down there. I do too. In downstairs. the little gold case with Vader on it. Yep. I got that for Christmas one year, and I remember spending Christmas night just binging Star Wars. So it makes me think about that with it being this time
1: of year. When When is it that they uh, put Anakin, Hayden's Anakin, oh, man. in Return of the so Jedi? So they put
2: the Hayden Christensen uh, spirit ghost...
1: Force, instead Ghost, of instead of the original Vader actor,
2: yeah, they put him in when they did the first DVD release, gotcha. which was like 2004. Yeah, and um, seeing that again, it kind of burned me up a little bit. Well, you know? yeah, because why does he why does he die a middle aged man and come back as Hayden Christensen? You know, who nobody really liked. <laughs> no, nope, I sure didn't. So <laughs> I don't know. But, well, that's uh, cool. Yeah, so you know, I've just been trying to get prepared for Star Wars month. Here on Which is 30. upon us. It's here. I mean, I've been waiting for months for this. I know. Uh, so, yeah, I'm celebrating watching mm-hmm. Star Wars. Uh, this coming mm-hmm. week, I'm going to re-watch The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Haven't watched it since Last Jedi came out. so Because really? I watched it right like the day before Last Jedi yeah. uh, opened. So, I'm going to watch Force Awakens this week so we can have a big discussion about it next week.
1: Good, good, good.
2: So, yeah, everybody watch Star Wars with us this, yes. this month. Uh,
1: so, I, I tried to join you. Uh, on your path to watch all the way through every Star Wars until we go see Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Rise of Skywalker, and uh, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Uh, you know, I told I talked about it with ODPH when we were talking to him. I had to about halfway through. I didn't even get to Maul attacking them on the first time on yeah. Tatooine. I didn't get that far. I was. I got to meeting Anakin, Qui Gon and Shmi talking. And before the pod racing and I was just like I can't yeah. do this anymore
2: the Tatooine stuff is all pretty rough
1: I was I just I had to skip it man like I I turned it off immediately and turned on Attack of the Clones well
2: did you at least get to see Jar Jar eating the frog off of the thing in Tatooine <laughs> yes I got
1: to see that and uh well, so Bulba's beating his butt yeah uh I think I turned it off a little bit after his tongue went numb
2: uh that's right before the pod race. I think. Yeah, right
1: before the pod race.
2: Yeah, well, hey, Sebulba and Jar Jar. You, oh you've man, seen the best of Phantom Menace at that point. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, you made the right move.
1: I mean, I had gotten to see Sebulba, some pods, you know, being worked on Jar Jar, and early three PO. Like, I was sad. I didn't need no, to watch Hayden anything else. No, Christensen,
2: no, not in that one.
1: No, that is the only thing missing from episode one. Is Hayden Christensen.
2: For for its full uh, <laughs> for its complete f- turn full to the dark side awesomeness,
1: not so I had to skip on to Attack of the Clones man, which I finished it straight through. Mm. Um, then I went through Revenge of the Sith, and I'll start A New Hope uh, probably tomorrow after. Rehearsal. Revenge
2: of the Sith was the only one that I did in one one sitting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I've again I've tried to watch it with eyes of this is Star Wars, and I love love it and I'm happy to be watching it but maybe I can't turn off this analytical side of my brain yeah. I just can't
2: it ruins it for you it does it, does. it, it really does. does
1: I wish I could turn it off and just be a kid again like I used to watch stuff that most people would be like like I, I turned on the never-ending story a few weeks ago yeah. and I was like this is crap yeah and I was like but I loved it as a kid
2: it's stuff because stuff doesn't really
1: hold up the same way it did it doesn't um but, but the originals do still yeah. For me, that's true they do. For most people. Yeah. Um so I I I've been watching Star Wars as well. Um and we got the finale of the Titans season 2 finale. The season has been fantastic, but it just the finale didn't land as successful as every other episode. Man. I mean, Nightwing does show up. He finally dons the the Nightwing persona and he becomes something he needs to be and it's a fa- it's good. It's good.
2: Does this Nightwing have the the blue or the red?
1: The blue on his suit is okay, the blue in his suit. I like. And he's the got blue, the right. electric pole things. Perfect. Uh, and his fight with Deathstroke was fantastic. Um, but it's just the fight scenes in Titans, just in the whole well, first half of
2: season one that I have seen. Their fight scenes are awesome. At the beginning, when he's the... taking on like.
1: 15 guys at once. Dude, Rob would beat the tar out of some dudes <laughs> there in that first scene or
2: so. so. Uh,
1: but yeah, um, so I've just been following along Star Wars, man. Well, Cause there's Star Wars month. Lots more Star Wars to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, why don't um, we get on to some Nerd uh, Nerd News. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, did you catch the Black Widow trailer? Sure did. What do you think? Uh, looks interesting. This is uh, uh, different than
2: any uh, MCU movie we've seen before, I think. No mm-hmm. superpowers, nope.
1: no magic or anything like they, that. They all came from the same school, I guess, or where they trained you. Yeah, It Uh,
2: looks like they're messing with the time travel stuff again, though, because I feel like I saw a second of her
1: in her time travel suit from Endgame. Or mm -hmm. am I making that up? No, it looks like it. It's this white suit she's wearing, Mm -hmm. and I don't know what that's all about, because uh, this is supposed to be... Was it post-Avengers 1? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be around that time frame.
2: Man, I can't keep up anymore. I'm Um, thirty.
1: I (laughs) thought... Actually, no, it's bef- before Avengers 1 because the red in her ledger that she's telling Hawkeye about right. that she needs to erase, apparently she does it in this movie.
3: Oh. Which is
1: how Tony Tony's able to have a cameo in it because it's all before the first Avengers.
2: Well, we did see where Hopper's been this whole time. Right? He's know?
1: been kind of bulking up and getting da- a little fatter and muscular at the same time.
2: David Ho- Harbor? Harbor? Harbor. Harbor, 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 Harbor. David Harbor. Yeah. yeah,
1: he's playing the Crimson Soldier. This comes out in what May? Yes. All right. Is this the first thing? I think it is. This in is the, the MCU.
2: Yeah, this is the first thing since uh, hmm. Far From Home.
1: Uh, yeah, exactly, and it's it's different as we saw, mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be weird not having a full year of just movies because their primary slate is all disney plus original shows Mm -hmm. Uh, after black widow we get eternals i think that it could be good Um, it could be good are you listen to yourself Listen. stop
2: yourself it's gonna be great what did you think about guardians before you saw it well
1: it could be good i guess Uh, whatever and it was great i hope i'm wrong but i knew more about guardians than i know about the eternals i'm going in knowing nothing it's okay. And They'll I'm a nerd. T-
2: you think they're not going to tell you everything you need to know?
1: I mean, I guess, yeah. but I just feel like it's, there may be...
2: What else are they going to do? They've done all the big hits, the Spider-Man, the Iron Man, the Hulk, the all the Thor, all that stuff, and some of it's still going. They
1: got to dive into some of this, you know, backwoods stuff. The obscure uh, stuff. You know, obscure... Well, we're also getting Shang-Chi. Yep. And the Ten Rings, mm-hmm. which we'll get to meet the real Mandalorian yeah. finally, and also the uh, Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange the Mandarin,
2: 2. By the way, not the Mandalorian.
1: Mandalorian.
2: He still got Mandalorian. It's all Disney, on your, hey, and you know what? It's, it's Star Wars <laughs> <Yeah>. month. <laughs> it's, it's Star, Star Wars War. month. Connect everything to Star yeah.
1: Wars, <laughs> <laughs> or it's all all roads lead back to Disney. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, we get to meet the Mandarin finally, and and I don't know. I know. I know more about Shang-Chi than I do the Eternals. So, I just... I hope I'm wrong. I'm probably going to be wrong. Because, like I said, it's Marvel, it's Bruh. Disney. Bruh. They're going to be fine. It's going to be good. Um, but most of their slate is all Disney plus original stuff as well. Which you have to watch. I have no complaints there. You have to watch that stuff. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to also tie into their movies. Brilliant. Brilliant. Alright, so, moving on. Again... Just stating, I'm excited for Black Widow. Yeah. I am. I am too. So, uh, Daniel Craig has announced that he is retiring from James Bond after the upcoming film No Time to Die. How about that? I got no time to care. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Godzilla vs. Kong release will be pushed back from March of 2020 to November of 2020. um, Because it would have been pitted against the Eternals. Oh. Smart. Smart. Um, This is a direct sequel to Kong, Skull Island, and Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Did you see either of those? I did not.
2: I heard great things about that last Godzilla, though.
1: It was really good. It was better than the one with uh, Cranston in it. Because, you know, a few years ago, there was a Godzilla with Cranston. Yeah, I remember that. This was the follow-up to that the one with millie bobby brown right this movie is going to be a follow-up to that and the kong movie that had loki and captain marvel in it interesting so we could see returns of all of their characters but we definitely know that millie bobby brown is returning yeah which is exciting always we love millie bobby brown dude sure all right so moving on
2: The Mandalorian has topped Stranger Things as the number
1: one streaming show of all time. That's crazy. It is kind of crazy. Okay, because The Mandalorian has had how many episodes? Four. Four episodes. Four episodes it took for them to top a dynamite of a show that has had three seasons Mm -hmm. of holding this record. That's crazy. In four episodes, he turned the upside-down, right-side-up. Hey. Hey. But I'm not complaining. Rightfully so. I mean, it's a fantastic show. Uh, moving forward, the ink has barely dried from J.J. Abrams' multi-year first-look deal with WB and his company, Bad Robot. And it seems that they are already courting the director to continue the Superman saga. Do you think Superman's cursed? Ah, uh, Yeah. Because it has not worked out so, so hot. If you need, not just you, but the listener also needs to go. There is a recent interview with Cavill I watched yesterday Mm -hmm. on The Witcher. And the interviewer keeps talking about Man of Steel and all that. And he goes, and he's basically like trying to say like, you know, trying to weasel his way into getting some information. And what Cavill says is, this is what I want to tell. If I am to don the cape again. This is the story I want to tell. And I know Snyder's wanted to tell it. And I know that uh, J.J.'s wanting to tell it. And wanting to tell it. Not wanted. He he said J.J.'s wanting to tell it. Currently. 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 And he goes, so, are you going to don the cape again? And Cavill just smiles and says, you know I can't tell you anything. Hmm. So, I hope he at least comes back. I know we lost Batflag, but knowing that... The Flash is coming back. Mm -hmm. Cyborg's gone. So, so far we've just lost Cyborg and Batfleck. They could continue this Justice League and subtly bring in Pattinson as the Batman. Maybe something happened. Maybe I,
2: I still feel like anything like this, where you're trying to build this universe and you don't have that consistency with some of your major characters... No. Like, if we had had a different Tony Stark halfway through the MCU, it would have been less than. It would have taken so much away from it, in my opinion.
1: No, 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 I, mean? I, I so completely
2: agree. I feel like if I'm DC, I'm just going to say, you know what, this is the whole, this whole thing's been a wash. I'm just going to start from scratch yeah. all over again. And, and it might be smart, too. Yeah, hopefully have people who
1: will stick around and see it through. Well, I mean, I think Pattinson's willing, apparently. He's signed on for a trilogy.
2: Yeah, but he hasn't even gotten through the first one. Yet. I know everybody's willing. We'll
1: see how that happens. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. The Guardians of the Galaxy three script is finished, and Yay. Karen Gillan, aka Nebula from the MCU, has revealed it is wonderful. I'm of sure course, it is. It couldn't be anything less than it's that. gun. It is moving on. It is rumored that Black Adam and Shazam movies will be the way DC brings in characters like Doctor Fate. The Hawks, which is Hawkman and Hawkgirl, Stargirl, and even Zatanna. Mm -hmm. Also, Joker's director of photography has jumped on board to be the DP of Black Adam as well. Which means maybe it'll give us that grit that... I know that Shazam... We talk about Shazam in one of our deleted shows Mm -hmm. that we may release to Patreon one day. Okay. Um... Black Adam needs more of a grit than Shazam has. Shazam is the MCU movie that DC made.
2: You're talking about with the how light it is. Yes. It's very lighthearted, very lighthearted, fun.
1: Knowing that the Joker's DP signed on makes me think that they'll go in a different direction with Black Adam. Mm-hmm. Maybe a more normal DC look. Yeah, very exciting stuff. And The Rock, I think he'll do great at Black Adam. The Rock's um, great at everything. Rock
2: is. Dwayne Johnson is one of those guys who is just talented with everything that he does. I mean, he's such an entertainer. He is, and uh, anything that he's doing, I'm willing to watch it. And bringing him into the superhero world is so smart. exciting. Super I'm smart.
1: Very excited. DC yeah. got to it first because it was only a matter of time before him. was like, "Hey, why don't you play this guy?" Yeah. Um, so we'll see. thank the Lord. Um, moving on word from the Batman is Pattinson is having trouble bulking up for the role bless uh, his little heart <laughs> bless his little twinkle vampire heart Um. so I mean you know protein man get that I, I protein. think the
2: point we're trying to get to here is neither one of us are surprised by this no
1: we're not um, no. of course does he have to be Batfleck big I mean, Michael Keaton wasn't that big. No. Go with a different Batman. He's a younger Batman anyways. Maybe he's not bulked up yet. Yeah. Um, But whatever. And last bit of news. The hashtag Release the Snyder Cup movement is stronger than ever as Dark Side actor Ray Porter... Yes, I said that. Dark Side actor Ray Porter... And Kevin Smith have begun joining the movement. Aquaman himself, Jason Momoa, has stated that he has seen it, and the fans should too. Tell me more about the Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut is the version of Justice League that Snyder completed and filmed ninety percent of it before having to leave because of family issues, and Joss Whedon took over. Right. Whedon cut a lot of his stuff and re-filmed things that Whedon wanted to put in as opposed to what Zack had Mm. so Darkseid was in it and played by this Ray Porter guy interesting Darkseid was no pun intended the end game he was in the 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 scene at the end okay and the way that Momoa has said that this scene is is they're all back together the Justice League and they're looking up at the sky and the his ship arrives and it, the camera pans and he's just sit, standing on the edge of his ship with his arms behind him. If you've watched any of the thing that Darkseid is in in the cartoons, he has the same stance and everything he's in. Same pose. Yes, the, his, his Darkseid pose. And um, there are more characters in it. There's a lot of Star Lab scenes that were cut. Mm-hmm. There are two or three Starlab names that a DC fan would know. Um, uh, there's an Iris West scene. With Barry, wow! There is tons of stuff that Whedon came in and just pulled out and ripped out. I'd and, like to see it. And how do we join this movement? You just tweet it, hashtag it. He, you know, go after the Warner Brother executives and say, you know, we deserve this. Zach deserves it with all of his work. We oh, deserve yeah. it as being fans. And um, basically, Momoa also said in the interview that when people see, if and when people finally get to see this they'll ignore what they saw in theaters. Wow. And I was like... Oh, That's going to take a lot. It's gonna, yeah. I watched over it again about three weeks ago. I don't hate it as much as I I really I don't, don't hate it. I, I think it's very underwhelming. It's just kind of there, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think it would have been bigger knowing there's a bigger universe following exactly. it as well. Exactly. I think that Marvel has ruined that for us. Yeah. Uh, Knowing, like, well, we know something's coming next. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that is the end of your nerd news.
2: All right. Well, I think that with that being said, without any further ado, we should go ahead and get to uh, why we're here. Yeah. Which is our first big Star Wars discussion where we're talking about the BMFs, the biggest, meanest fighters. Of, of the Wars. galaxy
1: far, far away. Yeah,
2: and of course we're joined by our friends, yes, Ken and Padawan Jay. Yes, over at the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Is this
1: is our first crossover episode. Yeah, with another podcast. I'm honored. I'm guys, very these excited. guys were a lot of
2: fun. And they were. We had a great, great chat. Lots of fun. Um, I'm excited to talk to them again.
1: They're a little. Intim- it's a little intimidating to me because they're so well spoken. Um, And, like, Ken has this fantastic DJ voice. He's such a good radio voice. Like, he has a radio voice. And I'm sure talking to two Southern boys was not that. (laughs) 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 Well, they were probably like, I wish I'd slow down and enunciate, (laughs) you know. But um, we had a blast. And uh, we're just going to to move on with the show. And uh, we're going to hear a word from a sponsor. And then we're just going to play our phone conversation with them. And what we did was we broke down... Uh, each of us had a list of what we thought were ten of the biggest meanest fighters of the galaxy, and we had a blast. Yeah, but it at fun. the same
2: time, there were a few other things that we talked about here yes. and there too. So yes. it, it's it's it's
1: all Star good. Wars from here on out for the next month. So this is kind of that beginning of the of the end of our first season too. Yeah. So we're very excited that ODPH joined us. Um, so I guess we'll uh, talk to you guys later. See you next time. You know, nerds, when we are working on the show or playing video games or hooked on Disney Plus, we get hungry. And we have one choice. That's Akita Express. Akita is a family-owned restaurant where they treat you like family and feed you until you are full. Full service portions and quality food at a fast pace. They honestly believe in providing the best customer service and fast food for a reasonable price. Fresh hibachi grilled food in a matter of minutes. If you haven't tried it, they will find something you will enjoy. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Give Akita Express a try. They're at 3100 East Morse Boulevard, right here in Morstown, Tennessee. And when you stop by, tell them 30 and Nerdy sent you.
5: Hey, this is Ken M, Paddle J, Coach Duffy, from the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast, and you're listening to Josh and Tyler on the 30 and Nerdy podcast.
1: What's up, guys? We are here with the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, Woo. ODPH. How are you guys doing? What's going on? 30 and Nerdy. So
5: glad to be on the show. This is Ken M. Hey, it's J.
1: Hey. And we
5: are ready to talk some Star Wars with you guys.
1: Dude, we've been stoked for this, I'm telling you. Uh, making. Likewise,
5: man, we've been we've been talking about this all week, man. We are ready to get on. Thank you so much
1: for having us on. Absolutely, I'm very excited. we're very excited. Making a list of ten was harder than I thought it'd be because I could probably do twenty or thirty. Yeah. <laughs> so this will be interesting to hear everybody's top ten. So why don't you let the listeners know a little bit about what you all do and where they can find you?
3: No problem.
5: We are located out of the 607 of upstate New York. And every episode, we talk a parlay of topics. We'll talk sports. We talk pro wrestling. We talk movies, TV, comics, and more. You can find us on com, And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, Spotify, Stitcher, Podchaser, Podbean, and more. Basically, if it's a podcast site, you can find us on there and just type in the hashtag ODPH. We pop right up.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well I I love your show. And Same. Thank you so much, Josh so nice. is, Likewise, likewise, man. This is definitely Thank you. Thank you. Josh got hooked on it and we uh, you know, we're part of the uh the Pod Chaser group, um Nerd Nation. Or not Nerd Nation, that's our no, Pod Nation, <laughs> Pod, Nation. Pod Nation. Yeah. Three, three hours later and everybody there. Yeah. yeah. He was
2: just trying to do a little extra plug yeah, for us. A little us. extra plug. That's <laughs> our fan base.
1: Uh three fat nerds and we've grown just since I since you invited me into the group you know we've grown exponentially in the past few weeks uh getting new new independent podcasts in the group uh, and pod rating and all that and it's it's a lot of fun
5: yeah it definitely is I mean that's one thing I mean we've been lucky we're in a few groups I mean our hometown group is hashtag 607 podcast and that's us three fat nerds and Horzone 607 and, you know, just kind of networking, building off that, and we're lucky we're in another group called Next Wave, which is uh, led by
1: Do you I'm not sure if you know who that is. Um, I, think, yeah, I think, actually, he's in uh, Pod Nation now. Yes, he is. Yeah, that's the group he runs, and, I mean, we,
5: we've been so lucky to make so many connections and meet some fellow indie podcasters that it's, just, it's really helped us grow, and just over the course of two years, I mean, just to say the impact that's had, and now we're in Pod Nation, too, you know, shout out to three hours
3: later, mm-hmm. and just seeing you know, how that's growing and I meeting mean, up with fellow podcasts like yourself. I mean, it's just been
5: truly a, a great, you know, great action to have for us. So and it just helps
2: everybody grow too. So we have uh, our special guests here because they were the ones who gave us the great suggestion to talk about the BMFs of the Star Wars universe, and that's the uh, best. What are we calling them? <laughs> <We'll>, <laughs> it's either we could say it's either the best melee fighters. Or the baddest and meanest ones. Yeah, the yeah. beat. Um, yeah, we're gonna call of, them the baddest, meanest fighters of the Star Wars universe. Yes, and so galaxy. they gave us the suggestion to talk about the BMFs of Star Wars, and um, I like to consider myself a, a pretty big Star Wars nerd. But it sounds like Padawan J might have me beat here, so I'm really looking forward to uh, what names he's gonna throw out of the woodwork here. I'm excited. So, shall we get
1: started, gentlemen?
2: Absolutely, we're, let's do it. We're not going to go in any particular, like, no. ranking
1: order. We're just going to throw them out there, right? Yeah, absolutely. So how about you go You go first, Pad? Uh, yeah, sure. So I'd say from probably my number one baddest, you you got to put Darth Vader
3: number one. I mean, the guy just, whenever he walks in a room, everyone kind of stops, turns, freaks out. I mean, there's that classic
6: scene from Rogue One. Walks in and everyone just freaks out and tries remnants and is scared. Uh, number two, I've got Cat Bane, of course, the bounty hunter from uh, Star Wars, the Clone Wars animated series. If you're not familiar, you should get familiar. Uh, was good enough that he went toe to toe with both Obi Wan and Anakin. Also, got a few contracts from uh, Palpatine himself.
2: So, you know, you go toe to toe with those guys and you get work from the Emperor. And Cad was know, Cad was the guy who had the big uh the big wide rimmed hat and he had like the red yep. eyes, right? Yep, that was him. Yeah. Uh huh. third I've got Grand Admiral
6: Thrawn, somebody who used to be in the old canon but they brought back into the new canon. Uh basically a guy that is four steps ahead of you while playing six dimensional chess. Jeez. You know, the old <laughs> The ultimate tactician knows what you're doing before you do it and will let you go just because he knows he's going to catch you three steps down the road. Uh, After that, I've got Han, of course, because, you know, he may not have it in, in the guts department, but I think he does in the fact that he routinely faced down the Empire, you know, head on, running at him full tilt and just didn't care and just kept going. Uh, after that, I've got Luke, of course, because some of the same reasons I mentioned with Han, you know, routinely facing off against the Empire and, and chasing him down and fighting him, and while also simultaneously fighting Darth Vader, one of the baddest, you know, if not the baddest, you know, Force users in the galaxy on multiple occasions and coming out living from that. Uh, after that, I've got Darth Sidious. I mean, come out, the man manipulated things for the better part of 20-plus years and is still somehow alive you know you're definitely bad if you pull that off Mm -hmm. uh after that i've got obi-wan kenobi Uh, man fought darth ball twice fought dooku lord knows how many times and just everything he did and surviving and and lasting you gotta be tough to make it through all the stuff he did
2: not to mention Uh, he killed general grievous Mm -hmm.
6: yep felt yep beat jungle grievous with all of his forearms when nobody else could uh, after that, I've got Padme, you know, really stood up for, you know, the thing I think a lot of people don't realize is when she's introduced into uh, Phantom Menace, she's, I want to say, 14 or 15.
0: Right. She's mm-hmm.
6: she's super young. So if 14 or 15 years old, she's facing down an intergalactic, you know, federation of for trade or whatever it is and, and taking them on head on. And then, you know, if, you know, 10 years later, so she's in her 20s and here she is taking on, you know, basically the start of a, a civil war, and and playing her part in the government, and, all that, and just fighting and, and commanding while not you know not losing her morals or, or giving any stops back. Uh, after that, I've got Asajj Ventress, for, of course, also from the Clone Wars animated series. I mean, she fought Anakin and Obi Wan to a standstill on multiple occasions, fought Darth Maul, fought against Dooku, and a whole bunch of others, and lived to tell the tale. So you definitely got to give her some respect for that. And then to round out my top 10, I've got dark ball. I mean, the man was cut in half and lived.
1: Mm-hmm. Probably the yeah. most underutilized part of the original, of the prequel trilogy. I believe. Yeah. No, I'd say so. Especially if, like, I remember the previews
3: coming out and you see that double bladed light lightsaber. It's like, Oh my gosh, that's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Gone.
2: Yeah. 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 I- so that's interesting. I had I had Darth Maul on my list too, of course. And have you guys looked into this new uh, this new game that just came out, the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order game? Seen a little bit of it. have not had a chance to play it yet. Yeah. yeah, I just started playing it a couple of days ago, and I'm hooked on it. I'm telling you, it's like a mixture of Tomb Raider and like. Uh, Dark Souls or something like that. There's a lot of challenge yeah. to it. Very realistic combat. Like if you get hit two or three times, potentially you could be dead. Um, yeah. But it's the the saber combat in that game is so fluid, and it's the best that it has ever been done in any Star Wars game before. And you can like very seamlessly switch from a single bladed saber to the double saber, and you can split apart into the dual wielding sabers. So you're talking about Darth Maul and like the first time we ever see that double-sided uh, lightsaber way back in the day when we first saw Darth Maul. Yeah. And it just made me think about how much fun I'm having with that double-bladed yeah. saber on
1: that game. Because we, we had never seen a double si- saber yet. No, it had only we been kids. a single, regular yeah. lightsaber. Yeah. And uh, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you two? I am 39. I'm 30. All right. 30 and 39. Okay. So you're definitely part of the club. Yes, you, uh, yes. you, uh, as kids, saw the prequels come out and grew up watching the originals. Obviously.
5: Yeah, the prequels for me, I, I wasn't too impressed with. I, I honestly thought like Lucas was making like backtrack for money.
1: I would, I would agree. Uh, yeah, we, cause... we, we have recently. I have recently learned that Josh has started to like them more now than he did. Rewatching him. Yeah. And I tried, I've tried to join him on this and with Phantom Menace, I had to, I've, I've, I've skipped. I just could not finish that movie and I went on to Attack of the Clones. Tyler, I'm right with you. I was like, man.
6: See, I I grew up in this weird time where, you know, it was after the original movies had all come out and then when the, when the prequels came out, like the first one came out when I was nine years old. So I, those for me were my movies. Those were the ones that, you know, watching all the time with my brother and sister when we were growing up, that like, okay, it came out, I can't tell you the number of times we watched you know, Phantom Menace on VHS, and then we just watched them over and over again, because so they're not perfect by any means, and right. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, they're, they're the most perfect movies ever. They've got their issues, they're not perfect, but on some
3: level, I do enjoy them. Yeah. You
2: know what, that's exactly the same for me. I've been re-watching all of the Skywalker Saga, um, you know, as we lead up to, uh, the last movie, uh, in a couple weeks. And so I was sort of dreading watching the prequels, but I found that I really enjoyed it. And it's sort of what you were saying. Like there's the nostalgia of it. I remember being younger and watching them being so excited about them. And to be honest, I'm just sort of a shill for this stuff, man. Like if it's star Wars and I've got lightsabers and I've got battles and star cruisers and stuff like that, I'm happy, you know, I'm, I'm going to sit back and enjoy it. Um, uh, yeah like like you said there's issues with the prequels like anytime Jar Jar Binks was on I'm like rolling my eyes I'm ready for it to be over some of the acting oh some of the acting <laughs> is atrocious like I couldn't decide if it was just really bad writing or really bad acting or both um, some of the stuff with Anakin and Padme was just brutal it was just like cringe and I had a really hard time with those scenes but the rest of it apart from those things and pod racing I really love the prequels
3: yeah
5: Yeah, for me, like, it was just kind of... It never connected, really. Like, Darth Maul came in, and he was supposed to be, like, the new coming. And and I think it's one thing when they did the updated technology, and I know you guys touched upon this a little bit, too, that it really, I don't know, just didn't seem to fit and just kind of seemed forced in there. Mm Mm-hmm. And just his story, just to have him taken out in the first film, that was kind of a disappointment. Mm -hmm. I didn't mind Hayden Christensen's acting as much. I just thought the writing wasn't there. And when he finally got there, it was already at the end with Revenge of the Sith. Like, Attack of the Clones was one of the worst, probably the worst one. For me, it's like 1A and 1B with Phantom Menace for movies. I do agree about the pod scenes, though. I think those were great. And just overall, it just kind of seemed like it was so forced. It was just like, ugh and where they're going with it, and plus, I'm sorry, if the Jedi Council could not figure out what Palpatine was doing, they deserve to get played out like they did.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I'm sorry, Jar Jar is the worst character in all of Star Wars, in my opinion. And the fact, like, they made him the most powerful senator to make the biggest decision of the galaxy, it's like... Poor writing. Uh, poor
2: planning. Well, who else would it have been? I would have been
5: like, all right, if they had like a nobody in there, but it was just like for charge
3: <laughs>
2: to come in there. And he was just like, he was
3: so like forced in there. And like in yeah. wrestling terms, it's like when they force like John Cena down, you know, fans' throats and nobody wants to see him. Yes. It was, just
5: like, it was like that was the kind of vibe I had. And I'm like, oh, no, like, no. And the minute they were trying to push him as like the next big star, like he was supposed to be the next, I don't know, big Chewbacca or big fan-out character. It just was like, no, he's just not that character. And the fact that he was such a big role in the Star Wars universe, I'm like, no. So, right, he's living as a clown on the boat living
6: on the streets. Yes, which I'm perfectly
2: fine with his ending. Well, <laughs> much like John Cena, we don't want to see Jar Jar, but unfortunately, unlike John Cena, we can we see Jar Jar. See <laughs> Jar. So, uh, we have to live with yeah, that. well played, well played. <laughs> so, uh, you talked about... Uh, the Jedi being played out by Palpatine but you know that's why he's on the list of the top 10 BMS in the galaxy I agree yeah
5: I have have him pretty high on my list too
1: yes Uh, so why don't you go on Ken
5: alright so for mine in descending order number one has to be Darth Vader I mean if you want to talk about the baddest meanest fighter in the galaxy his legacy has spawned now going into nine films just the impact he's even made on Kylo Ren and just where he started in the beginning where you see the corruption. It kind of flips on the old Spider-Man of, you know philosophy, with great power comes great responsibility. Because it almost goes into with
3: great power comes great rage. Ooh. And he couldn't control it when he was seduced to the dark side.
5: And you can see just how he goes basically if you want to flip it to an X-Men term, he goes from strife to cable and he's still dominant as an evil cable going facing the galaxy. And just his final like his his you know defining moment is when at the end of Rogue One and you just see how just devastating he can be when he's fully unleashed and this is
2: him now suited up with armor. Yes. And on, on his, you know, life support
5: system. I mean, who else strikes that much fear in the in the galaxy?
2: Agree. Just by breathing. Yeah.
5: Like you hear that and everybody freaks out. Yeah. Except for my number two which I'm throwing a curveball here. My number two is actually Princess Leia.
2: Hey! And where I'm going with this is, as the leader of the rebellion,
5: she wasn't, she was never a damsel in distress. She was always such a strong, dominant force that no matter, like, it was Vader, even when she was captured by, you know, Jabba, she never backed down. And she never had a big weapon like Luke with a lightsaber or Han with his gun. She always stood and took everything that was thrown at her and said, yeah, bring it. And she took care of business, and she was still a force going into, you know, the sequels. I mean, rest in peace to Carrie Fisher, but she made such a such a defining moment, standing out amongst that trilogy or trinity of Star Wars characters. Just, I mean, look at what she's done, just and set the precedent moving forward.
2: Hey, wasn't wasn't Leia the first to go down the garbage chute on the Death Star? Yeah. And for that reason alone, she's a
1: BMS. Yes, she is.
5: Exactly. No saber, no blaster, no problem. Like that's how she
3: is.
1: Yes. Number number three, I had Luke. I mean, he's the
5: Chosen One, the King of the Force, if we want to go Game of Thrones on this. I mean, he fought Vader to the standstill, lost his hand in the process, and he's responsible for raising Kylo and essentially Rey for the new trilogy, and he overtook Yoda, which you got to think about, for as skilled as Yoda was in all the training he did, Luke was better, and for that reason alone, he's got to be ranking up there, but I still have him below Vader, though. He's just He's good, but he's not that great. Yeah. The next one I had was Yoda himself. I mean
3: obviously he's trained every Jedi that's mattered. The battle with Count Doku is the only thing that stands out from
5: Attack of the Clones. And you know, really where else do you go from there? He's trained the best of the best.
2: And his legacy lives on even now with the Mandalorian. Um So let's pause and, let's pause there for a second. Let's sure. let's hear your theories about baby Yoda.
5: Honestly, I'm stumped. I I don't exactly no, unless yoda has reincarnated himself i i know pat is shaking his head at me no, no. no not a chance no because he but, showed
2: up in last jedi yeah which like, is that's far the only thing far i
5: could think of is just like how a new yoda has gone basically undetected with the trilogies now granted i know the the stories for seven eight and nine have been written before the mandalorian but it's just really interesting to see the disney's you know card that all of a sudden we now have a new yoda in theory
2: right so, what's your take on that? So, well, I'm thinking, and this could be too obvious, but what if he's a clone of Yoda? Because if they say that, you know, he's 50 years old, around 50 years before this would be around the time of the Clone Wars, give or take a few years, right? And he did go to Kamino himself to pick up the soldiers to take to Geonosis. So, could it be possible that somehow, while that happened, a
1: clone was created? Or did sifo take Yoda's DNA or whatever to Kamino with him when he first ordered the clones? That's a really good theory. Pat, what is your take
3: on this being the Star Wars aficionado? Well, if my math is right, he was born before
6: Phantom Menace, So, if my my math and timeline is right. I don't know. You know, it's weird because they were so well known for a bulk of the the bulk of the galaxy of who the, the four children were, were and where they were and where to find them that it, it, to me it seems almost un. it's it kind of wild that you know another child like this the same species as Yoda could go undetected or, or to our knowledge undetected for all these years and that they would have no idea what's even more it's even more unbelievable to me is that they're going down this route because when they were doing the old books that you know aren't canon anymore Lucas signed off on it like, "Hey, you can do whatever you want. Just I have two rules: you can't touch Mace Windu's past, and you can't touch Yoda's." Right now, this this might not necessarily be Yoda's past, but the fact that you know, for the first time in almost forty years, I think we're I think we're hitting forty years next year. You know, when they when uh, Empire Strikes Back came out. We're finally dealing with you know another type creature the same as Yoda,
1: which is a game changing. For Star Wars yeah. fans, Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, it's game changing for everybody because <laughs> yeah. people who don't even like Star Wars love
1: Baby Yoda, so yeah, oh yeah, it's opening yeah, like, doors. It's
5: gonna be scary when the merchandise
1: hits the market. Oh yeah, for
2: Christmas season, like it's gonna be Tickle
3: Me Elmo times like a thousand. You're <laughs> right about that. <laughs> the I tell
1: a just... Furby, it'll be a Baby Yoda version of Furby. Yeah, and when the yeah, Wii like, came it's out be absolutely too, insane trying to go to a toy store, like I'm not even
3: gonna try picking one up till like March next year, maybe,
2: but. <laughs>
5: It's going to be absolutely wild to see like the
2: scenes for this. Oh, God, yeah. I can't wait to see the flippers on the internet trying to sell the uh, Baby Yoda Funko Pops. Oh, God. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> $325 oh for a common Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and, and you know, the sad thing is somebody's probably going to buy it for that much. I'm oh, undoubtedly. Absolutely. Undoubtedly. So where were, where were we? He was on five. So You're on five. On my list, let's see, we're at, now headed to number five,
5: and, and it's got to be Palpatine. Obviously, he went complete house of cards on the Empire, the Jedi Council. I mean, plotting and gaming. He he caused a war, caused everybody to pay for his army, put Jar Jar Binks of all
3: people in position (laughs) of power to make the biggest decision of the galaxy. (laughs) And he's a corrupted Vader, almost got Luke, and he got Kylo
5: Ren, I'm assuming, for the new trilogy. Like, the fact that he's still lingering on somehow, some way into episode nine. I mean, that is just definition BMF. I mean, just how he has just been the personification of evil throughout this trilogy, the movie series is, is incredible.
1: Can't argue with that. Absolutely not.
5: So, number seven, and I know Pat is going to shake his head already because I am a big Boba Fett, Mark. I think that Boba is one of the best characters in Star Wars, but he got such a raw deal in Return of the Jedi that it's kind of dismayed him in a lot of, you know, fans' eyes. But just for the simple fact that when Vader called in the best bounty hunters in the entire galaxy, Bob was the one who cashed in and got
1: hot. Yeah.
2: Have you heard... He... Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, go. Uh, have you heard the theory that uh, Stormtroopers didn't actually kill Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru? That it was actually Boba Fett? And that this is why Vader looks at him and says, No disintegrations.
3: Huh. I have... That is
5: amazing, and I'm I'm fully running with that
2: now. Yeah, makes
1: sense. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because he was
2: up. on, he was on Tatooine when all that happened.
1: Yeah, so that adds even more of a BMF trait to oh, Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah,
5: ju- and just to see like the small impact he's made, because you figure after the hol- the Christmas special, which we don't even need to get into, uh-uh. that he went did his thing in Empire obviously like I said he got such a raw deal in Jedi but you know I blame that on Ewoks and that whole mess right
3: there <laughs> that, that
5: he still has developed this you know anti-hero fan lore that is carried through and has honestly spawned if there was no Boba Fett it would never spawn the Mandalorian right now right
3: so so he has to rank in there even though it's debatable where he ranks on this list, and
5: I
2: know Pat and I have gone back and forth about this behind the
3: scenes,
2: <laughs> he is definitely not a Boba Fett fan. Do you think um, that? Do you think we'll find out uh, ever if he survived the Sarlacc or not? You think Disney will go a, there? There's been a couple of books
6: where they've been on a desert planet and they've alluded to somebody wearing Mandalorian armor. And that it's very familiar and it's very well
3: known, but they haven't outright said who it is. Yeah. Now, this is before the Mandalorian TV series came out, so it might be him, but they've definitely alluded to the fact that somebody's wandering
6: the galaxy with Mandalorian
3: armor on. Sh- I'll even throw you a crazier theory. He will show up in Mandalorian Season 2, and he might steal Baby Yoda from the Mandalorian. Oh,
2: no.
1: Ooh, a duo. Wow. <laughs> Um, and and that's that'll be the setup for next season. So That'd be great. We, we, we're doing these Mandalorian Mondays on uh, Patreon and where we break down uh, every episode after it's aired going into the next week. And uh, one thing that uh, Josh talked about in the uh, first one is where do you think Mando learned about Carbonite? Could Bubba have... Because Carbonite freezing, you know, we find out from uh, Empire is not used on humans. They did not even know if Han Solo would survive. It didn't seem to be common practice. It did not seem to be a common practice. So could Bubba have kind of like paved the way for these bounty hunters to use Carbonite? And that I, kind I, of be as Easter egg.
6: I think that you could definitely make that argument. It seems like something that, it, you know, at least from what we've seen, it, it hasn't been something they entirely used. And, and with bounty hunting being kind of like this niche, close-knit group that, like, everybody, it's kind of like one of those, you know, fields of work where, like, okay, you know everybody who's in the business. You might not be familiar with them, but, like, okay, you know the name, you know the face. I can definitely see it being the case of, like, okay, he, you know, Boba freezes on a carbon, it takes him back to Java. And then, you know, just over the course of however long it is between Empire and Jedi, because the time escapes me, I can definitely see it, you know, working its way through the proverbial grapevine that hey, you know, Boba was able to actually capture, you know, one of the big Rebellion guys and brought him back to,
5: to Jabba. Oh, how did he pull that off? Oh, he used carbonite. Right, yeah. That's a really good theory. Um, I almost think it's the weapons maker, that I think that when you get your armor, that there's more tricks to the Mandalorian, this is the way philosophy that's shown.
1: Yeah, that'd be cool. So...
5: Yeah, no, but I I love that idea that Boba is secretly training everybody about this because that would just
2: be amazing. I don't want Boba Fett to show up right away and like take the glory away from the Mandalorian himself. I kind of feel like the show can stand alone without Boba Fett, but at the same time, how awesome would it be if he you know showed up like you said like in the last episode to set up for season two or something like that? I think that would work.
5: Yeah, I do too. Like I think that's just the parting shot. Like he picks up one of the tracers for the bounty
1: and he oh, just man. stares
5: at and that's the black.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, Yeah, that's great.
5: I I, I will apologize on Twitter if that happens in advance because I will probably be memeing that all
1: 24 (laughs) hours after that episode. I bear no shame about that. (laughs) As you shouldn't. Shall Um, we continue? Yeah, absolutely. So next on my list, um,
3: I put Han on there, but I could go back and forth about this. I put Chewie with him, too, because, I mean, they're
5: always the duo. For Han, I mean, obviously... He, his emergence to become a hero and what he turned out to be for the earth for the Jedi Republic. There, I, at, by the end of Jedi, he earned his stripes. Because um, obviously, for the first episode, I mean, he really was kind of—I want to say—he was going to be like the Wolverine, like you didn't know what side he was on and just kind of really standing off. And was he really with him or against him? And by the end, he really, you know, cut his teeth, so to speak. And, and him and Chewie are just the dynamic duo of you know what they added to the series uh next up i have ray and she's honestly the only character from the new trilogy i have um basically when luke co-signed on her she's the future of the galaxy she's gonna be the last jedi standing um when it comes all all said and done between uh kylo ren and her and i mean just from what she's done thus far she's definitely earned some stripes yeah next up i have obi-wan which, I mean, obviously, you take out Darth Maul twice, as Pat has told me, because I only know about the movies. Um, and he took out Vader after, he, you know, Vader got out of control. He's got to be up there and just guiding Luke. And, you know, obviously, when the prequel comes out with Ewan McGregor on Disney+, Plus, that'll add a lot more, and he'll probably be higher on my list. But for what we've seen thus far, he's got to be up there. And closing out my list is an honorable mention because it's brand new, but we've already touched upon it, is The Mandalorian himself. Because he's already racked up more body counts than some of the people on this list.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I would say than most. <laughs>
5: yeah. Yeah, I was just saying in three episodes I mean I started losing track every it's like
1: twenty, so I was like, okay. Interesting. Very interesting. I like that list. I like that list. So Thank you. do do you wanna go or do you want me to go? Um, why don't you go ahead? Alright then. Um starting at my number one, I have to say Yoda. Uh, Because he's a Grandmaster of the Jedi, Uh, his understanding of the Force has been perfected in almost a thousand years. Uh, One of the only Jedi to be able to speak to people through the Force at impossible distances. Um, Plus, uh, he is mastered in all seven forms of lightsaber combat. Uh, But he's obviously favored to the Otaru, which has him jumping around like Mickey Mouse with a Keyblade in Kingdom Hearts 2. Um... And he's uh just marked out for that too. Pat is a big Kingdom Hearts fan, so the fact you just mentioned that he's Let me tell you, Pat, I'm sitting beside my custom made out of oak Mickey Mouse keyblade over here, signed by the voice of Mickey Mouse from Kingdom Hearts.
3: Oh, that's very nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't beat Ursula in Kingdom Hearts one, so
3: That world should have never existed. It's
2: awful. It's terrible. I loved it until that point. But before that, the first time I couldn't beat the chameleon in Tarzan. So, you know, every time uh, I'm yeah. doing a little better.
1: Yeah. It's, it's baby steps. It's baby steps. <laughs> um, but I think he he is such also a, such a great duelist that even uh, Palpatine and Dooku, who has been known to be one of the, the best duelists in the galaxy, uh when they're fighting him, they're trying to create distance for a reason. Because his his form of dueling in lightsaber is just too too much for them to handle. Um, and plus, I mean, he speaks in broken English, which is fantastic. Uh, so he's definitely my number one, but not far behind is definitely Vader. I can't agree more with, I mean, nobody instills fear. Through most of pop culture, I think he has surpassed Um, Not even just Star Wars nerds, but everyone who's not even a Star Wars nerd knows of Vader. Knows the red lightsaber, the black mask, the breathing, the voice, uh, that he's Luke's father. I mean, he has surpassed just his nerddom. Um, His skill in the Force as dueling is... uh, And also a pilot, which makes him a triple threat. So, I mean, that alone makes him a BMF of the galaxy. Um, yeah,
5: that's a good point. I didn't, you know, I honestly forget about his flying just with everything else he does. But yeah, I mean, when, when he gets the X-wing going,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and and you really don't. The one thing I will say that the prequels do give us is that glimpse into oh, that's why Vader's such a good pilot because he has been since he was a kid. He's he's been oh. a great pilot. That's one thing I can positive I can say about the prequels is, okay, it does set up to why he's a good pilot. He's always had that gift. Um, moving on, number three, definitely Obi-Wan. Uh, he wasn't exactly a master of the Force, a 900-year-old alien or the Chosen One, but uh, he was just a man with superior lightsaber skills and a steadfast dedication. And I think so that uh, the fact that he's just a man and just, practice made him awesome like he just perfected it and perfected it and perfected it um he was also the first jedi in almost a thousand years to defeat a sith lord when he sliced maul in half That's a good point. so um i think that definitely keeps him and and his master is my next on the list qui-gon jim uh his skill with the lightsaber is not the best um but his intellect is what sets him apart i think um His wisdom impressed Mace Windu and Yoda even to the point where he is the only person the two of them will confide in. Um, And he is actually the Jedi who perfected um, becoming a Force Spectre. He saw through death, and he taught Yoda and Obi Wan how to do that. So, that's pretty awesome. Plus, Liam Neeson. So. I didn't want to get a phone call later.
2: (laughs) Liam Neeson is the next Chuck Norris. Oh, God. (laughs) Actually, here's a question for you. Do you think he's going to appear
5: in the Obi-Wan Disney Plus series?
1: I would. I have been thinking about that. I would love that. I hope so. Because in, you know, we're told in Revenge of the Sith that he is going to train with his former master. Yeah, he Yoda tells Obi Wan, "You're going to train with the former While master. he's in exile, he's going to learn. While he's learn. in exile, so um, I think I I think Disney has the money to throw at Liam Neeson. Oh, I agree. To if just Liam say,
2: Neeson will do a Seth MacFarlane movie, then he'll do a
1: Disney movie. Yes, so. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And then, of course, my number five, halfway there, Luke Skywalker. Uh, Luke was basically self taught between his small stints with Yoda and Obi Wan. Um, who Obi Wan died just days after meeting him. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, almost hours, even. Hours, even. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you follow some of the other stuff like the comics, he becomes almost godlike, um, like a deity. Uh, he was a Jedi master uh, who, you know, started the New Order uh, with. Uh, those like Ben. And I know you, uh, Pad, you know more of the outside of uh, canon. What were the other solo children's names? Um,
2: Jason, Jason, Jaina, and Jason, Anakin. Jason, Jaina,
1: and Anakin. And Anakin. Uh, so he trained them, um, and uh, he led his father back to the light, beat the dark side, brought Jedi teachings to a whole new generation, And in the newest sequels, put a hurt on the First Order from light years away. Um, Now, I I can't say, uh, if you've listened, we have the biggest disagreement about The Last Jedi. Me and Josh do. Um, I saw it the first time and was stoked because I was wearing my nerd goggles. And uh, it was opening night and Carrie Fisher had just died. So... I was I was riding that wave, and then I saw it a couple more times in theaters, and then kept trying to watch it when it came out. I've got it on Voodoo. and I just kept finding issues. And one of them is the cynicism that became Luke, and like I understood that you know he had a a Padawan that went to the dark side, and he felt like he failed. I just I felt like it was poorly written in Last Jedi for the character of Luke that saved the day. It's not over yet, though. I know. The fat
2: lady did not sing yet.
1: I know. Nobody's
2: ever really gone. That's true.
5: Yeah, The Last Jedi, I mean, we've had some discussions about it. I didn't mind it because the one thing I took away from it was it's a new director, it's a new vision. And any time they do that with a trilogy, it's going to be off course. Like, like, if you're going to do a trilogy right, you need to have the same directors, same actors for the most part. You know, pen in your story and it has to be the same cohesive vision
2: consistency and
5: when Ryan it, when Ryan Johnson came in there he tried switching up too much and some of it worked some of it didn't and but I definitely see the point about Luke though and it was just how they wanted to write him in there which yeah. I don't I like after watching it a couple times like I can see that point and it was just like all right this is the what they were trying to establish and I think they were trying to force it a little too much. Instead just let it be like a natural progression?
1: Mm hmm. Well so, and I think yeah. it coming off of Force Awakens, which is pretty much a mirror image of a new hope. Uh, yeah then going that different direction with a different director just I was one of those that were just what? Just thrown off. I mean I was just thrown off by it didn't feel like Star Wars to me. And I'm getting the death glare, but I just it just didn't to me. Um I understood, different director, you know, they want to do their own thing. But I just kind of had also this Naziistic, don't touch the franchise that I fell in love with, and you're taking it in a direction that I don't feel comfortable with. So, I was just one of those people who, the more I watched it, the more upset I got, I guess.
5: No, I mean, I, I can see that point. It's just, the thing about Star Wars is, it's just... How it affects fandoms, especially when you talk about nerd and geek culture. I mean, it's one of the classic, iconic sagas that we all grow up on. And when we see something that goes, you know, left to center, it is definitely going to get that reaction out of you. Like mm-hmm. I can, I can fully understand that. And I think, like I said, with, with Johnson's vision, it was like he tried doing, make making into a different movie than what we saw coming out the gate. Like I think if he did Force, Force Awakens. And whatever that was, vision was going to be, I think then it would have made sense for what he was trying to establish in Jedi. But it just felt too dark. Yeah, just like way too dark for what he was in, implying.
1: Almost like there was more Shakespearean writing to yeah. it than yeah. surface writing. Yeah,
2: I don't I care. Know. I don't care so much for people to point out things that they took issue with and all that. But where I get so annoyed is like the people who are so jaded about it that they're like, "Oh, Disney ruined Star Wars, and you know, the last, uh, I agree. The, the Rise of Skywalker, it's going to be a disaster." It's like you know nothing about it yet. We've seen like twenty seconds of footage from the new movie, and people are already tearing it apart and crapping mm-hmm. all over it. Like, how do you know anything about it yet? Yeah, that I agree. It's with. too soon, and so the people yeah. who are just crapping on it, like criticism just for the sake of criticism, drives me insane, man like if 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 the disney versions of star wars ruin star wars for you that's your problem that's yeah. not their problem no or people
1: sure. who like it it's not
2: their problem exactly
5: either. yeah exactly especially like the people that try petitioning to have it redone
2: that's crazy to me instruct yeah, yeah, from like, canon yeah
5: yeah it's like stop and yeah. i mean cuz i mean there's going to be bad movies all the time and but honestly can you really say that that's worse than phantom menace and attack of the clones
1: Oh, God, yeah. I mean, we're, worse. we're you know, we'll.
5: It's not
6: we'll, worse than uh, Star Wars
1: Holiday Special. <laughs> Nothing is you worse. You gotta go back there. Hey, if anyone
5: has to see it, it's on YouTube.
2: It yes, is it on is. YouTube. I actually watched the whole thing for the first time like
1: a year ago. Ooh. I couldn't believe or it. Help your soul. I'm I, sorry. I couldn't believe it. We'll have an exorcism later Especially for you. Especially like
2: when Chewie's grandpa puts on the, the little <laughs> oh,
1: God, visor thing and he has like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man
2: a lady do a sexy dance for him That it was so crazy. weird
3: yeah that's, uh, but yeah.
1: it's also like a car wreck Like you can't look you can't away, look away. you can't turn
5: away, no, once you start you're stuck
1: yeah it's like quicksand
2: but yeah. you know what, B. Arthur saved it yes B. Arthur thank you B. Arthur uh, thank <laughs> you for being a friend
1: All right, alright, moving on we've got Darth Sidious himself, Palpatine Led the biggest and most secretive Sith ploy ever. Helps Master was the... Helps Master and Frame... His master was, of course, the Wise. Good lord, boy. I I know. Easy for me to say. Um, Plagueis the Wise. Darth Plagueis. Plagueis the Wise. Which, if you reach into some of Plagueis' lore, he really wasn't always 100% evil sometimes. He could be fair. You know, he yeah. wasn't like a, a Palpatine like or Thanos. Fair? Uh, no, probably more fair than Thanos. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, absolutely more fair. Yeah, more absolutely fair. more fair. Um, he learned everything from Plagueis, even the gift of immortality. Apparently, uh, he even killed his legendary master in his sleep, uh, keeping him from transferring consciousness to another. He turned the Chosen One himself, Anakin Skywalker, to the dark side, and. Honestly, he tricked the Jedi almost into their own self-destruction, um, and I think that just makes him, you would be the only one, would you be the only one if you don't have him? I do have him. You do? Okay. So that's a that's definitely a four for four. Uh, moving on, Mace Windu. Uh, he was a prodigy in skill and mental hardiness. He can see shatter points in the Force, showing an opponent's mental and physical weaknesses, uh, Mace didn't just master the ability of fighting. He created his own method called Vapad to answer his own weakness. It takes the darkness he knows he has inside of him and transfers it into an energy of light and focuses in the delight of battle. Mace was the only Jedi to really master this, and any other Jedi that tried to repeat it turned to the dark side. And plus, I mean, Sam Jackson. You know? <laughs> The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, he crosses more genre than than anybody I've ever seen. Uh, See he's he's but he fantastic. So
5: flawlessly too. I mean, that's the cool thing
1: about oh, him. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like going back and watching the prequels, though. Like I have definitely gained more of a respect for Mace, and it actually did prompt me to look up more of him uh, <clears throat> in, in his legend and myth mythos and. Man, he deserves his own movie. Uh, I, I did Jackson's not know. Been
6: petitioning for it. What now? Sam Jackson's been petitioning for
1: it. I think he survived. First of all.
6: Well, so did Sam. <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, no, Sam's very vocal about that. Yeah, Sam's very much in the camp if he survived.
1: I think he did. I mean, if Maul survived, Palpatine has survived. I mean, Jedi are like cats. This is true. I think he it's just weird. landed on his feet and went into hiding.
5: It'd be great for Disney Plus. I'd be all for it.
1: Yeah. And I think Jackson, obviously, by the sound of it, would be all for it, too. Yeah. Disney money will make anybody say yes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, Disney has that way. The nah. fact that
5: Natalie Portman's coming back to the Marvel Universe, that says everything. You need a balance out there.
1: Right? I yeah. mean, Disney truly lives by it. this is the way. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of this is the way, my number eight is the Mandalorian. Uh, his prowess, his skill, uh, his strategy. Um, and we've talked about before, like the way that he can ma- almost, and maybe this is more of Pascal, but making you see his face without seeing his face. Like you can almost see his expressions. He's, he's able to
2: emote even though yeah. you can't see his face.
1: Yeah, he's able to emote, and you can almost see him frustrated with Baby Yoda like he would be an animal or an infant. Um, I think you all talked in your most recent episode about the the time where he is uh, trying to leave the planet and he decides to, you know, he kind of sighs and turns everything off and goes after Baby Yoda. Uh, <laughs> you can see that. Almost yeah, like you're making the face. You catch yourself kind of making the faces that you think he's making. Um, it's absolutely crazy
5: just how, how well he he does his body language to articulate that.
1: And oh, absolutely.
5: Like it's, yeah, because you'll never see him with the helmet off. I mean, that we know of obviously was going into a uh, little spoiler territory. He explains the helmet deal. Yes, but just yeah, how he's demonstrating that is just it's remarkable how he pulls that off.
1: Absolutely, and he has now like we we. I'll agree. I mean, there is no Mandalorian without Bubba Fett. Um, right but l- the difference is is he has created a different following than the cult following that Bubba created. Agreed. And, uh, I, th- I mean, of course, it's a new vehicle, and Disney's driving the vehicle. So that could have a lot to do with it. It could. But I just think John's writing of The Mandalorian and just... Whoever's, is, now you said Pascal's in the suit. So yeah, sure, yeah. his physical prowess alone, I think, is, is it, it's like a desperado, like we've said. Um, um, and I just, I love it. I mean, I didn't think that he'd be on my top ten, but the more, I texted Josh, I was like, man, I don't know who to put in my top ten between some of these people, and it's almost unfair to put them in the same list as Sith and Jedi. You know, but they are BMFs of the galaxy in their own right.
5: Put him in there. I mean, just even for what, four episodes in now. Yeah. I mean, look at the
1: impact he's made. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he might be lowered down by the end of this season. So, yeah. uh, and moving on to number nine, and this might be a little selfish of me, but Han Solo. Um, even though he's a smuggler, a scruffy looking nerf herder, and kind of a bad dad, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, he's the worst. <laughs> he's the worst dad. Um, he's one of the best pilots in the galaxy since Anakin. Uh, you know, he did the, the Kessel Run in 12 Parsecs. Um, he's witty, strategic, not a Jedi or Force-sensitive at all, but he still puts it all on the line in a fight. You know, he's got no midichlorians in his system or some of that crap.
2: Well, I bet he does, though.
1: <laughs> um, he, well, yeah. Everybody does. Everybody does.
3: And, and he really, truly, you
5: know, made the, the flying in, in Star Wars really stand out, too. I mean, Luke was always with the X-Wing. I know I made that mistake earlier because I said Vader was with the X-Wing. I mean, Vader was his TIE fighter. He's always associated with Luke and the X-Wing. But, honestly, the Millennium Falcon has already taken on like, a legend of its own because of Han.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I mean,
3: just what he adds to there.
1: And he's almost, every time he's piloting, he's almost like a bull rider riding a bull. You know, it's yee yeah, punch it, Chewie! You know, just... Very, he's and he's and I made this comparison, and y'all can crucify me. He's kind of like Jack Sparrow of the galaxy in yeah, some that, ways. That's a perfect oh, yeah. analogy. That's a good one. that? Yeah. Um, without the depisms, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, and and we love Harrison here at the show. We've you know gotten to meet him a couple times. Um, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah, I was just
5: I was here in the last episode. You met him. Yeah. Are you you're talking about when um, you saw him at dinner
1: there? Yeah, bumped into him in Jefferson City, Tennessee, which is weird to say. Yeah, that's wild, man. <laughs> but and finally, rounding out my list is Count Dooku. Um, okay. Okay. He was uh, very versed in the Force and dueling at a young age, uh, that Yoda recruited him himself. Uh, His skill as a duelist was always remarked by all Jedi and Sith alike. He was elegant in his movements and classical in his way of life. He even made his weapon with a hilt to perfect his Makashi form. He carried himself with elegance and diplomatic as a Sith soldier. Uh, He left the Order on more ideological terms as opposed to emotional terms. Uh, He truly actually felt that the Jedi didn't learn from their mistakes, ever. And there was an arrogance in Jedis that he didn't want to be a part of. He actually did not join the dark side until years after he left the order. Um, and uh, he never really sought a totalitarian government. He actually you know, felt like he was doing the right thing. Um, correcting a Jedi Republic mistake, I guess. Um, and, but I really keep going back to his, his, duel, his dueling skill. Uh, it's always marked that he's, he he is a duelist. Is he's one of the best? One of the best in the galaxy, um, and plus, you know, I think the movies who they cast kind of influenced my list definitely because I love Christopher Lee as an actor uh, alone. Uh, big Lord of the Big Lord of the Rings fan, uh, and I think he brought to Dooku. He brought to Dooku um, what we needed in that character. Um, and which puts him on my list, and uh, I wish they had done more with him. You know, he was older uh, and really couldn't fight the way that Obi Wan and them were. But it have been cool to get to see him show some of that prowess as a duelist in the original in those prequel movies. But uh, I, that's my list, JD. Wow, let's go, baby. Well,
2: last but not least. Uh, I will give my list. Uh, unfortunately you all have stolen all of mine. <laughs> I, th- I thought that I was going to get away with one, but you took my last one. Dooku was the only one I really? had that no one had mentioned. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I had uh, number one, I had Darth Vader, of course, and you all have already, uh, very, uh, very justly put him number one. You didn't know so much, Tyler. when would no. you put him? Two. All right, that's not bad. I can let that go. So uh, I think he definitely has to be at the top of the list. Uh, You know, he can intimidate people just by breathing. He can choke people with his mind. And he killed a bunch of dudes at the end of Rogue One. So he's awesome. Uh, Number two, I have Yoda. He's one of my all-time favorites. Uh, I love the really wise uh, mentor characters like Dumbledore and yoda and herschel Hurt, yeah herschel and the walking dead like the old guys that have been there and done it and, and as long as they're around you feel like everything's gonna be okay uh so I, I love those characters so yoda's my number two number three you gotta go with palpatine uh the fact that he was able to uh influence uh, the entire political system that they had going in the galaxy that way he fooled all the jedi and worked so closely with them for so many years it's incredible. Um, and possibly learn how to prevent his own death. We'll Mm -hmm. find out in Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Number four, Obi-Wan. We have seen such a huge uh, span of his life in the movies, starting when he was a Padawan up until uh, his death in the first Star Wars. Um, And all the Clone Wars things that we got to see, all the duels he had. We talked about how he beat General Grievous, who was a known Jedi killer. Obi-Wan was able to take him on single-handedly, so that's pretty good uh number five i have count dooku for all the reasons you've already mentioned i love a good villain uh, Mm -hmm. especially one played by christopher lee so therefore dooku has to be up there um i had one uh uh, padawan jay you, you mentioned this one Thrawn. i thought that i would get away uh with being the only one to do that grand admiral Thrawn. uh he is uh chiss i believe is his race And he's blue, and he's got these red glowing eyes. Tyler, you don't know much about him. No. Uh, He was in the Rebels series. Before that, years ago, he was in um, some books that are no longer canon. But he, if you notice, in the Empire, all of the characters are humans, right? Grand Admiral Thrawn is the only, that I know of, alien who is a part of the Empire, especially uh, so high-ranking, because he was able to convince Palpatine that he deserved a spot in the Empire. Yeah. Um. Oh wow! And he was yeah. actually, as far from what I understand, he was a spy for uh, his the people on his planet, like checking into uh-huh. the Empire and stuff like that. So if you're able to get past the Emperor like that, you deserve a spot Oof. as a Bmf. Uh, next I have Han Solo. Of course, you just talked about him. Uh, uh, he's definitely a Bmf. One of the best pilots. Uh, we all love a a scoundrel. So Han is <laughs> Han is the best of them all. Princess Leia is number eight. You know, uh, uh, very strong leader. Uh, Doesn't let the fact that she's a a little girl in a big galaxy prevent her from doing what needs to be done. Love that about her. Uh, She's iconic to a lot of uh, young women throughout the world Uh, since we first saw Princess Leia in the 70s. So, an icon in that uh, regard as well. So, I got to put her up there. Number nine. (laughs) Darth Maul, we've talked about already, the fact that he survived being cut in half and fallen down a big pit, mm-hmm. um, and went on to be in Solo, yes. spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> which well, I guess now we're not going to see where that goes, unfortunately, because they put a stopper on the Solo movies. Yeah.
5: Well, what was your take on that
2: movie, actually, you guys?
1: I liked Solo. I It was... Um,
2: Tyler didn't seem to care for I did, it.
1: I, I didn't hate it. Um, <laughs> it was... Uh, it just was for me. I mean, there were good moments. I think the thing that, if people can look past the fact that this guy is not Harrison Ford, no yeah, one is... he's not... No one's ever going to be Harrison Ford. Well, not just that, but he's not that generation of Han Solo. He's sure. a completely right. different era Han Solo that he might not have some of his soloisms yet that people grew up to, so they've got to get past that. And you've got to get past the fact that this is a story that we don't know, and it's all original content, and I think we... One thing that I think it suffers from is that we live in this this day and age where you've got the, the battle of the casual moviegoer and the nerd. Yeah. I think a casual moviegoer... Um, would look at things like Batman versus Superman and probably think nothing of it. And then you've got us who are like what the heck? You know like yeah, the Martha yeah. line, you know um oh my god we're yeah. picking you know we're picking it apart where people are like man that fight was good, but hey they finally got on each other's side and they beat the bad guy. You know, and you're just like yeah, but but the whole Martha thing Well, I didn't notice that. Just like, uh, no, we noticed it. Yeah. So it's tough making both sides happy. You're never gonna do. Um, And I think Solo tried to make both sides happy. Um, kind of. So maybe it just (laughs) fell for me. It it wasn't terrible. I mean, it wasn't like I said. It wasn't a Batman versus Superman feeling for me. But I I fully fully agree with you on that, Tyler. Yeah.
3: like for me I'm in the same
5: boat like it was like it was okay I like certain parts I mean I didn't even think
1: the, the guy that got to replace Harrison Ford was that bad no. no he was good I liked him
2: no I thought I thought he was good for what it
5: was it was just kind of like alright and explained how he got the Falcon from Lando which I mean Donald Glover is, Lando was is amazing
2: he was perfect
6: perfect yeah
5: Absolutely. yeah so yeah. I mean it, but we, like, we have this discussion with like a lot of you know fans on the show too about like it's very polarizing the feeling towards solo Like, some really love it, and some are like, no, like, just don't even, it doesn't exist.
2: You know what, though? Like I said, for me, if it's Star Wars, I'm happy. Give me more Star Wars, and I'll be happy. You know what? Sabers, blasters, you know, ships, I'm in. So (laughs) that's all I need to enjoy it. Yeah. And uh, I had only one more. My last one, uh, last but not least, is uh, Mando, the Mandalorian himself. You know, he uh, freezes people in carbonite, he chops people in half in a door. Yes, he uh, kills mudhorns and feeds jawas. uh,
1: So you can't get any more BMF than that, right? And he has single-handedly taken over the media world in four episodes. Four episodes. Yeah, wild. Well, I I think we all agreed on (laughs) more than I I, like. I was I was worried that me and Josh wouldn't agree on some of these, but um, yeah, I think that. Did only who had Ray? I had Ray. You were, are you the only one? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm yeah, shocked I mean, Josh I didn't because Josh loves Ray. I do like Ray a lot. Yeah.
5: Well, like the new trilogy we haven't really seen a lot from anybody else yet. I mean Kylo Ren is, is getting pushed, but I mean honestly other than his temper tantrums with the lightsaber, we really haven't seen a lot. Yeah,
1: yeah. his shirtless phone calls across the galaxy. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> it's just I forgot like, about that. Uh, I don't know yet. Like to to be the big bad, uh, uh, Rise
5: of Skywalker, he's got to do something. But like I think of everybody that's been there. I mean, Ray's been the one that stuck out. I mean, Poe is there, but mm. I mean, I don't know. Like the only other one I would say was maybe, uh, oh, uh, Brianna Tarth's character. I'm blanking on him.
2: Captain uh, Phasma.
5: Phasma, thank you. That, but but she got Boba fetted.
1: She did nothing. Yeah.
5: Twice?
1: Twice. Twice she yes. got Boba fetted. Yeah.
5: Yeah. So it was like you can't even say like there's anybody that's really standing out from this one other than Ray.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Um, so we've got our list, but let's let's talk about maybe some theories. You know, we're we're weeks away from the final step of the Skywalker saga that's been building since the seventies and crossed multiple generations. Who do you think Rey is?
5: I think uh, she is either Luke's uh, daughter or I think maybe Obi-Wan's relation
2: somewhere. I've heard that theory a lot. Uh, I I think that Rey is Kylo's twin sister. And they were separated at some point. So is that Han leaving in her dream? I don't know, I wonder if that's a real memory. Huh. You know, that could be planted there. Yeah. Um So, but I will say, like, if you look back at Force Awakens, Roz, I believe, says, Han, who's the girl? And he Ma's. gives her... Moz. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. She, uh, asks him, you know, who's the girl? And he kind of gives her this look like, oh, well, I got a story for you. we so never hear the story. he knows something's going on, so I don't know. That may be a little too,
1: uh, too obvious that they're twins, but I would love for her to be a Palpatine. I was
6: just gonna say that, swerve of all swerves.
1: Like that would be the biggest, like whoa! That would be cool. Especially I'm happy, especially if she was a Palpatine it? that chose Jedi. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. Like it, it'd throw a big rock and <laughs> throw a big monkey wrench in old old Darth Sidious's plans. True, true. But yeah. um... We're very excited, wild. though. I mean, I'm still excited for it. I know I've I've got my qualms with The Last Jedi, but I'm still very excited for it. Um, because you can't do this movie and not answer the mistakes. Yeah, we,
2: we need some questions answered for me to be fully happy. Uh, but if, if they don't answer those questions, then I'm going to say that this trilogy was kind of a wash. Yeah.
5: I think they're going to end on a strong note. I think with J.J. back at the helm he
3: understands the fans' reaction, like the hardcore fans. Yes. And he, he he has a good balance
5: of pleasing them and the casuals. So I think he's gonna answer a lot. Maybe leave like a stuff that hanging if they wanna maybe expand this franchise further down the road. I know there really isn't any talk. But it's not to say it's out of the realm of thought, but I think they're gonna answer a lot. I think the fans are gonna go home happy. Oh okay. um I'm, I'm super excited about this. I mean, the trailer blew me away, and I'm like, I'm I, when I saw the bat, like the when Kylo came out of the a submarine, walk there with the
1: waves. I was like, Yes, hey, I'm here. Yeah, I'll, like, take my money out. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, cool. This has been fun, guys.
5: Oh, absolutely.
1: Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much.
5: Oh, thank you for having us on. We got we we gotta return the favor sometime soon. That'd be great. Absolutely,
1: uh, we love to uh, maybe join in on a wrestling it episode we're oh, going yeah. to mania we're going to mania this year oh wow Have in tampa oh yeah we've been we've been, been to three apiece I think. yeah three apiece okay um so we're very excited for this one i just hope that there's no dropping the ball with the taker appearance again oh yeah we
2: went to uh, wrestlemania 31 in orlando a couple years ago when undertaker lost to roman reigns oh. it was rough
1: oh. <laughs> i've never been i the most mad I've been, other than that, was when Lesnar took the streak.
2: Well, and we went to Raw the next night, and people were just so miffed about the Undertaker match the night before, and like there was some guy <laughs> that I remember that we walked by, and he's like, "Man, this crowd would boo Jesus Christ."
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were there live, and then watched it again the next week. He had recorded it. Oh yeah, and they, you could tell that they had cut so yeah. much out of the actual. Roman experience. walks out, and
2: he got booed oh, yeah. so so much. Fifteen. That- Minutes. he couldn't even tie Like he would hold the mic up that he would get booed and then you go back and watch it on hulu and like they cut out
1: all, all of stuff. it it's all like, that stuff
2: barely there they're notorious for that to well,
5: make
1: him look good because they're forcing him
5: yeah no that's the problem he's the cena syndrome yeah that, like the kids buy the merch and like everybody you know he's got to be pushed it's not that it's roman he can, he's he can wrestle
1: but he's, he's just never had cardio so he can't do like really long matches I mean, <laughs> yeah he's He's had this problem since he was with NXT. Like he just yeah. can't
5: go along.
1: No, he can't. And you know, he's it's...
5: got like you know the spear is a good move and all that, and the Superman punch. It, it is what it is, but it's like he's got to develop some more to the arsenal, it's like to really get
2: over. It. Well, it really is a great time to be a wrestling fan. So yeah. I think uh, that that's the winner right there. Someday yeah. we need to get back together and have a wrestling chat.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, we'll make that happen. Well, thank you guys, and uh, good luck up there with your. Uh, 14 inches of snow. Yeah, stay safe, guys. And ice. Yeah, and, uh... yeah we are really living host life right
3: now,
1: so. <laughs> they should call it cold. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right, well, y'all be safe, and uh, let us know how y'all fare up there. Absolutely. will do. Thanks again for having us on. Cheers, guys. Thank you, guys. guys. <gasps>
0: You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your hosts, Tyler McDaniel and Josh Davis. Brought to you by Encore Theatrical Company, Akita Express, Creative Theater, and Advertising Expressions. Find us, follow us, and like us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit our website, 30andnerdypodcast.com. Got something to tell us? Drop us an email, 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Until next time... Cheers to you, nerds!